Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, as always, wherever you are, whatever part of the day you're in, I appreciate y'all joining me, giving me a little bit of your time each day, and uh, again, I can't not tell y'all that are sharing the podcast, thank you. I'm humbled by it, and I'm grateful for it, and we'll continue to work to make sure I provide something y'all can get something out of, and hopefully it will help our country just a little bit. I'm going to take one of our little walks today, all alone today so far. No dogs, no cats, no birds, no children, nothing at all. So we'll see what we can find. I was trying to think if I had any little tidbits of information as far as the gardening goes, but uh, have managed to get some pretty stellar uh, large tomatoes this year. Uh, Cherokee purple was one of the varieties and some others, so it's been a little bit encouraging. And grew some, I think I mentioned this, but some red corn for the first time. We started to pull some of that. And I think that's about it. It's just hot, folks. (laughs) So we'll get into it. We're going to talk about order. And this is promulgated, I suppose is the right word, based on (laughs) the children's message at church last week. And I'm going to give you if I have time at the end, some of the notes that I wrote down during during this children's message, and, and I'll talk to you about who gave it a little bit, because it, it matters. Uh, but I'm going to lead with this. Order is God's currency. I don't know if that was a quote from somebody else or if that was their own personal, but... We have so many issues today across the country because things are out of order. You look at states like California, and New York, where you have basically lawlessness in some of those cities. People can come in and steal almost whatever they want uh, without any kind of consequence. Uh, they're not tracked down. They're not stopped. You have... A couple of years ago, uh, so still really recent, you have the mob coming through and destroying people's lives, destroying buildings, pulling down statues, history, even killing people. And instead of being crushed, they are encouraged. And there's a Thomas Sewell. Quote, if you don't know Sal, Thomas Sal, sorry, I pronounced that wrong the first time. If you don't know Thomas Sal, I need to do a couple of podcasts on him. Phenomenal uh, resource. He, he made mention one time, you know, the only way to deal with these mobs, with this chaos, is basically overwhelming brute force. 
You don't negotiate with them. Uh, you don't try and get a mediator. You absolutely crush it. And, and we're not doing that today at all. We're encouraging it. And so I, I wanted to read through a couple of quotes that I think speak to this and and then kind of get to what I really feel like is the source that everybody knows it is, but nobody wants to, or very few people really want to talk about it consistently, hammer it, acknowledge it. We'll talk about it briefly and then we'll move on because it's such an uncomfortable topic, uh, the real source of all this. So, but we'll start with just a couple comments. Will Durant, writer, uh, political essayist, a number of things from the 20th century, early 20th century. I, I found out something interesting as I was doing a little research. I'll read you a couple of his quotes in just a second. But Durant, um, uh, kind of interesting character, but early on, he was a big proponent of socialism and communism and went over to Russia, kind of like we've talked about Dewey did, uh, the modern architect of education. But when Durant came back, he struggled with this for quite a few years, apparently, according to what I read. And finally, uh, this is all coming from Seton Hall, which I believe he was a professor there for a while off their website. He, he wrote a book about it, but basically he said that Russia has become a prison. So far from talking about all this great, wonderful socialism, communism, he acknowledged that it wasn't this utopia, but it was actually just a big prison. And, and the people were criminal, not criminal, but, you know, they, they had no freedom. So a couple of his quotes, <clears throat> have we too much freedom? Have we so long ridiculed authority in the family, discipline in education, rules in art, decency in conduct, and law in the state that our liber <clears throat> liberation has brought us close to chaos in the family and the school and morals, arts, ideas, and government. We forgot to make ourselves intelligent when we made ourselves free. I really probably could just stop here, folks, and, and break this apart and do the whole podcast on just this alone. But I want to try and get some other things, and we'll come back to it at the end. But it's so important that he starts. What does he start with? Authority in the family. Uh, then goes to education, uh, but then talks about arts, just in general conduct and in law. And, and I'm going to kind of work this the other way. So we're going to start with uh, law and, and government, the national level. Uh, this is a quote that is attributed to Will Durant, but I searched for a source for a while and couldn't find it. So I'm going to preface that right now. Uh, I don't have this in paper. Normally, I do have the quotes that I share with y'all in paper or I get them online from somewhere like uh, Yale, uh, the Avalon Project. Uh, this one is not, but it's it's a great quote. So we're going to pretend for today that it's from Will Durant. And if it's not, and y'all know it, please tell me, as y'all do so often. And I'll correct myself. When liberty destroys order, 
the hunger for order will destroy liberty. And there's a Bible verse that I should have pulled for this, folks. And, and I thought it while I was doing prep for this podcast. And, and of course, my brain's going 500 different directions. And so it just went away. It's from the New Testament. I, I can't remember where, but it, it's paraphrased. I'm paraphrasing. It says, basically, our freedom in Christ is not an excuse to do whatever we want. Because we've been forgiven our sins, and this applies nationally, because we are a Christian republic, just because we have the freedom to do things doesn't mean that we should. I think that's maybe that's a way that's said commonly. You know, just just because we can do something doesn't mean we should do something. And when we when we focus on liberty completely and freedom completely, and say, "Oh well, I can do whatever I want," and then we destroy order. And what happens then is then you've got to have a dictator come in. If we can't control ourselves, that was another great quote. Oh, I needed to have pulled that one too. And I can't even remember who said it right now. But we're either going to be controlled, folks, by the Bible or the bayonet. We're either going to be controlled by our own internal morality based on the teachings of Christ, or we're going to be controlled from without, by God or by man. That's the deal. You have, we have this liberty, we have this freedom, and it's based on God. But if we abuse it, then we're going to have somebody come in and control us for us. If I have time at the end, I may, I may pause this and go find that quote because it's so phenomenal. So this is uh, Andrew Jackson, and I don't have the date on top of it. Maybe from one of his inaugural addresses. I don't know, but... It is to be regretted that the rich and powerful too often bend the acts of government to their selfish purposes. In the full enjoyment of the gifts of heaven and the fruits of superior industry, economy, and virtue, every man is equally entitled to protection by law. But when the laws undertake to add to these natural and just advantages artificial distinctions to grant titles, gratitudes, and exclusive privileges, to make the rich richer and the potent more powerful, the humble members of society, the farmers, mechanics, and laborers, who have neither the time nor the means of securing like favors to themselves, have a right to complain of the injustice of their government. There are no necessary evils in government. Its evils exist only in its abuses. If it would confine itself to equal protection, and, as heaven does its reigns, shower its favors alike on the high and the low, the rich and the poor, it would be an unqualified blessing. In the act before me, there seems to be a wide and unnecessary... Well, okay, so he was talking about a specific act there. Uh, the last line, but the, the point is so applicable, right? We, we have laws. But if we start to abuse those laws and make special accommodations for different groups of people, which is what the left has done to us, divide us rich and poor, black, white, brown. You know, one of the great things I, I wrote, we're going to talk about this in a podcast coming up, but one of the greatest hypocrisies and, and divisions that the left has managed to pull over society in the last 50 to 60 years is the hyphenation of America. You know, you're African-American or European-American or Mexican-American, Latino-American, 
um, Japanese American, Chinese American, whatever it is, folks, you pick whichever German American, doesn't matter. No, you're not. I, I know I've said this before on this podcast, and uh, I have met a few people all over the world in the different places, and I'm sure they all met some too, so you may have your own experience. I'm sure you're doing this, but the only true African-American that I ever met that had dual citizenship in both Africa and America. And this may be the only dual citizen I've ever met, although I think I have one from Canada. She was white woman. And yet we automatically assume it's just the hypocrisy spins on its head, folks. You get so confused. The bottom line is, as Teddy Roosevelt said, there's no dual loyalty here. We're either American or we're not. It doesn't matter how, if you, every time you hyphenate yourself, what you're trying to say or what you're inferring is that you're just a little bit more special because you have that hyphenation than somebody else. You're not just simply an American. You're a this American. No, you're not. You may think you are, but you're not. You're really just kind of demeaning yourself when you do that, right? But that goes back into this law and order can only exist if all men are created equally and under the law declaration of independence we have to treat everyone equally under law not the same folks men and women are not the same there's a huge difference between being called the same and being treated equally patrick henry used this quote all the time this brought on the war which finally separated the two countries this is uh, may 1765 talking about the Stamp Act resolves pivotal events preceding the revolution. This brought on the war which finally separated the two countries and gave independence to ours. Whether this will prove a blessing or a curse will depend upon the use our people make of the blessings which a gracious God hath bestowed on us. If they are wise, they will be great and happy. If they are of a contrary character, they will be miserable. Righteousness alone can exalt them as a nation. Reader, whoever thou art, remember this, and in thy sphere practice virtue thyself, and encourage it in others. We have these choices, folks. We have so much liberty, and we've had it for so long. We've talked about this recently, that we don't really respect it anymore. We think it's an excuse to do whatever we want, whenever we want, with whoever we want, however we want. Well, we do have that ability. It's like both sides of the coin that we talk about so often with faith and our founders, right? They knew that we had to have, they wanted religious freedom here. They wanted a man to be able to work out his own relationship with God or to decide that he was going to reject God. Had to have that freedom to do that. But they also knew if we chose to reject God and reject the principles of Christ, that we were going to lose our republic. We have this freedom, but we're abusing it and we're losing order. And, and when we lose order, what's the replacement? Chaos across the country. So Patrick Henry here is saying, you know, it, it totally depends on how we want to act. Do we want to be of a contrary nature? Or are we going to be grateful for these blessings that God has given us and be wise 
So where does this all go back to? This all goes back to the family, folks. The very first quote I read by Durant. Have we too much freedom? Have we so long ridiculed authority in the family? This is out of 2 Timothy. Therefore, I want men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger and dispute. Likewise, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or expensive apparel, but rather by means of good works, as is proper for women making a claim to godliness. A woman must quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness. But I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet, for it was Adam who was first created and then Eve. And it was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a wrongdoer. But women will be preserved through childbirth if they continue in faith, love, and sanctity with moderation. Marriage from Ephesians chapter 5. Wives, subject yourselves to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands also ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are parts of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, as for you individually, each husband is to love his own wife the same as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. One last paragraph from C.S. Lewis, and I'm going to wrap it up, folks. All the same, the New Testament, without going into details, gives us a pretty clear hint of what a fully Christian society would be like. Perhaps it gives us more than we can take. It tells us that there are to be no passengers or parasites. If man does not work, he ought not to eat. Every one of us is to work with his own hands, and what is more, everyone's work is to produce something good. There will be no fat manufacture of silly luxuries and then of sillier advertisements to persuade us to buy them. And there is to be no swank or side, no putting on of airs. To that extent, a Christian society would be what we now call leftist. Don't really agree with that. But on the other hand, it is always insisting on obedience, obedience and outward marks of respect from all of us to properly appointed magistrates from children to parents, and, I'm afraid this is going to be very unpopular, from wives to husbands. If we go back to Durant's comment, folks, he started with the family, said that we have so long ignored authority in the family. This national chaos, this lack of order that we have in the nation, 
is because we have lack of order at home. We're supposed to go from Christ to man to the wife to the children. But so often today, it's the reverse at best, or maybe at worst, depending on. It's children, and then the wife, and then the man, and then Christ last. Or maybe Christ and then the man last. But the point is, we've completely upended the order of our society. We've taken these freedoms, these blessings like Patrick Henry talked about, right? And we've abused them. We've been of a contrary character. And we said, well, I don't like God's way and order in my personal life. I'm going to do it my way. But then we still want order on this national scale. And then we're surprised when, like Jackson talked about, when we have these people that are treated specially. You know, we have these national figures that get special treatment that would never be given to, quote, everyday citizens. We saw that in the Marine Corps. We, We see that currently. There's leaders in the military that have done things today recently. That if a PFC in the Marine Corps had done that, they would have gone to prison and never again seen the light of day. But we throw out the law and we throw out order when it doesn't suit us anymore. And we cry about it when it happens on a national level. You know, we want to get all mad about lack of law and order. We want to get all mad about the special treatment of of these, the bending of the law for these people. But then when it comes to our own personal lives and our families, we don't want to follow the order that God set forth. And like C.S. Lewis was talking about, we don't want to focus on the important things that actually matter. We want to focus on all these little silly luxuries. We want to chase all these advertisements. We want to spend all our time being entertained. And then we wonder why we don't have any order in the country, why things aren't going smoothly. Because we've rejected it in the family level, going all the way back to that quote by Durant. We've rejected authority in the family. We've rejected an education, and it goes all the way up. It's a trickle-up effect, folks. If we don't have order in the family, there's no possible way we can have order in schools, communities, states, military, or the nation. I've gone too long. I'm not sure that that wrapped up as well as I think it did, but hopefully that makes sense, folks. If we're going to have order instead of chaos as a nation, we've got some national decisions and some some school, community, state-level decisions that have to be made, but we have got to acknowledge the order that God set forth in the family. And however uncomfortable or unpopular, as C.S. Lewis said, that's going to be, That means in a family, the structure has to be Christ, man, woman, and then children. God bless y'all. God bless your families. Thanks for sticking with me for a few extra minutes this morning. I sure do appreciate it. Look forward to talking to y'all each day, folks. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon.